Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew for this 150th episode of the podcast and joining me today my two co-hosts are Robert and David. How are you both doing today? I'm doing well thanks. I'm doing pretty good. Nice. Um, cool. So, uh, thank you, David, for joining us today for the episode. I know that you've been doing uh, Walking Dead with us and, and some other shows, but thank you for joining us today. No um, problem. We did plan to have a fourth person on the podcast today, but unfortunately, uh, Chase, who you guys might remember from the Next to Nothing podcast, if you missed that, that was episode uh, 137, and in that same week, uh, roughly, um, I did a, a guest spot on his show. So, if you guys remember Chase, he, wa- he was going to try and join us today. But uh, he's recently taken on quite a big uh, project and it just got in the way scheduling wise but we'll try and have him on the show uh, soon. It just won't be for this episode. Um, and I w- I'm going to try and uh, and schedule with him to go back on his show in the coming weeks but those appearances haven't been scheduled or anything yet so uh, look out for those soon. But uh, I'll start with you David. What have you been playing I guess kind of recently? Uh, recently, mainly uh, Civilization VI I've been on on the PC. Uh, that's been my, my main jam because they just released uh, the Gathering Storm um, DLC. I mean, there's tons of DLC but for, for Civ, but uh, I, they just released a new one. So it adds like um, weather effects which can destroy bits around your city they've also made desperately needed tweaks to the um uh, diplomacy system as well so that's been updated which really really needed sorting out because it was a case of uh everybody just turned against you if you did anything against one of the other players and it was it was really horrible and unbalanced before so uh, they've they've managed to fix all that and sort all that out and it, it's working much better uh i've and i mean the thing with civ games is they're one of those things that you get sucked into and you you end up playing for you know start at sort of you know six o'clock in in the evening and suddenly it's midnight you know so it yeah it's one of those things uh and and the games can go on for days and days and days so uh i'm i've been playing through that quite a lot at the moment i really like that i also um been playing uh city skylines is the other thing as well i've been on a bit of a building kick uh city skylines i there was a sale on on steam which is always dangerous for your wallet and uh they had a, a bunch of the city skylines dlc on sales so i went through and basically bought everything and uh i've been playing around with that and building up cities and stuff and uh, that that's probably the best city builder out there at the moment because uh sim city isn't really around these days and it's sort of the spiritual successor to sim city but it's uh it's really good if you like those sort of uh, building games so those those have been really the main two things that i've been playing recently uh but uh I'm waiting really for things like Tropico 6 to drop and stuff like that. So. Okay. When is that uh, Subnautica DLC out that you said about yesterday? Oh yeah, the, the Subnautica uh, thing is in early access on Steam at the moment. So right. it's it's in very, very early access at the moment. It only just got released, I think, the end of it was either early February or late January. Uh, so it's going to be a while before there's a decent amount of gameplay. It's probably going to be... Uh, at least next year before you know it's it's in a reasonable state i mean there's there's little bits at the moment and it's been quite fun to play through but i'm very much looking forward to that being kind of out there fully uh but uh yeah you can play it at the mo- you can play it at the moment 
So. Nice, nice. Uh, and yeah, Subnautica recently came out for consoles. Um, yeah. I think Civil. I can't remember if it's out or if it's coming out soon. But Civilization Six was announced for announced for a uh, Switch, and obviously on the, oh, it, on the go and all that sort of stuff would help with. It the, is. Uh, it is out on that you have to put yeah. into the game. So it is out on Switch definitely because I bought it already. So oh, cool. nice. <laughs> so it is. I don't think you can get all the DLC, but it, the this core game is out on, on Switch, so you can get that on there. Cool. Nice. Um, Robert, what have you been playing? I guess this week. Well. Well, uh, as you know, the uh, um, uh, Microsoft Game Pass went on sale two dollars for two months a couple weeks ago, so of course jumped on that. Uh, before uh, Crackdown Three was out, there was a weird kind of game that I played called Kingdom Two Crowns. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. You're it's basically a sixteen bit ish styled uh, Kingdom Builder, but you don't really do any kingdom building you just kind of walk back and forth let your minions do other things and then eventually they'll do something that'll get gold and then you spend the gold to upgrade different things but there's like no story no text no dialogue no nothing it's a really weirdly minimalistic game Uh, and if you're looking for something that's just you know something that you can kind of zone in zone out on i guess it would kind of be perfect from that uh, but outside of that, uh, mostly I've just been playing Crackdown 3. Uh, easiest way to describe Crackdown 3 is a, it's kind of like a cheeseburger from your favorite drive through chain restaurant. Uh, easily gettable, easily enjoyable, easily consumable, and easily forgettable. Yeah. And it's not a bad game. I mean, the control, the shooting mechanics need to tighten up a lot. Um, you know, jumping around, you know, 30, 40 feet in the air is always fun. Um, you know, like I've said several times on the podcast, sometimes when you've had a bad day, you just need the catharsis of just blowing everything up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But there's no real story to that, at least that I found outside of anything that hasn't been in Crackdown 1 and Crackdown 2. Uh, but when life gives you the option to play as Terry Crews, you fucking play as Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah. Yep, definitely. Cool. Um, I heard that he's a skin in the game, and he doesn't do no. That he's much a full-on character. Oh, okay. It's a lot like there's um part there's like the city slash island that you go to has propaganda towers, and when one of the achievements is to you know turn all the propaganda towers from the enemy to the division agents, and when you're playing as Terry Crews and you turn over a propaganda tower, it replaces like the three D hologram of the main villain. With Terry Crews, and he starts spouting off like uh, their level of propaganda, and it's very, very reminiscent of Idiocracy. And I don't know if you've seen that movie, but if you haven't, you must watch that movie. Cool. No, I haven't. I don't know about you, David. If you've, uh, seen don't think so. No, no. no. It's it's absolutely a must watch. It's it's absolutely hilarious. It's Terry Crews, uh, very young Maya Rudolph. This is like back in two thousand six. Uh, Luke Wilson. Just a ton of people you would know and recognize. Just this very, very goofy Mike Judge movie. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. I like Mike Judge, so I'll have to go and look at that. Nice. Uh, David, have you had a look at Crackdown 3? Or is that something that's not... uh, No, it's not. I'm aware of it. It wasn't something that kind of leaped out at me as as being Mm -hmm. something I want to spend my time with. Uh, You know, they're not my sort of games, though, sort of... uh, um, shootery kind of things i i like something i like things generally with that that are either building games or something that's very much story driven and uh, so right, crackdown's like not my yeah. kind of yeah like a red dead so 
Cool. Um, it was kind of on my radar, Crackdown Three. Um, and then like as we got as we got closer to its release, an embargo started getting lifted, and you know, industry people started talking about it, and the more kind of bad press that came out about it um the more i sort of like was like taking a further step back sort of thing um and then as i was looking at like that friday the 15th i was like okay there's far cry there's jump force there's metro metro was the the number one game from from that selection of of games on that date that i was interested in uh jump force had the interest just because of the like crossovers of all the characters and stuff um, and Far Cry, like I, I enjoyed Far Cry Five a lot, and it's actually it's an actual continuation of the last one. Um, so yeah, this week I played and beat um, Metro Exodus. My reviews on the site, uh, I gave it quite a high score. It's I, I would say it's spoiler free. Um, basically, one thing that I do mention in it is that uh, a plot point that comes up, but I don't tell you the resolution of that plot point. Um, I really really enjoyed the game a lot. It's really got this good feeling of like, hey, if you can get past this bit like and kill this whatever monster it would be whether it would be some sort of like gorilla thing or a beast or a, uh, the two bear fights that you you come across if you can like get past those and uh like still have enough ammo left to keep going through and you can get to the next cutscene and get a bit more story and you sort of get that little nice reward of like here's a bit of story and the story actually i mattered to me and i cared about it and i cared about the characters and stuff um so it was like hey here's a bit of like the characters and stuff and um the, the sort of relationships that happen there and then the combat which is i wouldn't say it's like too difficult at some points at some points it is it, you do get a little bit overwhelmed by uh, certain em enemies there's like these sort of ghoul things that are a bit they're a bit like zombies but they're like slightly different in certain ways they can like the game can sort of throw those at you sometimes but if you're dealing with the like normal beasts you usually get like one maybe two maybe three of them um and uh you can sort of take those out uh, in whatever way uh you, you see best to do that um but no i i yeah as I was going through the game and getting towards the end and realizing, okay, I, I can do this, I can get through these difficult sections because I am as I'm going through, I just felt more and more rewarded and then the story really had started to pick up and then there was plot developments with the characters and uh, like I said in my review as well, it's, it's really quite surprising and really well done. The amount of emotion that they get from Artyom, because Artyom is the um, character that you play as and he doesn't speak, he, he emotes slight in, in slight ways and stuff like that um and of course Anya's your your wife on the on the train and everything or in, in the group and stuff and uh it's really surprising the amount of emotion they're able to get from that given the fact that all you get from Artyom is like he'll touch her shoulder or something like that and then she'll say something back to you but you can like feel a bit of a relationship there um because like you don't even see Artyom's face or his body you see maybe his feet or his hands so uh it's it's really well done what they what they were able to get out of that and um yeah i just kept going through through the game and it uh i i really really enjoyed my time with it and stuff i would say it's the best metro exodus game but the other two are actually from the previous gen uh from the 360 and ps3 era you can get them as a collection it's the metro redux i want to say because it's 2033 yeah. and last light uh last light the last light is the second one um and given the way that the game ends i think this is probably the last one and i think there was only actually three books as well um metro 20 33 34 and 35 um so i don't know if there's any more books or any more material with this or if this is definitely the last one um but we'll see what happens uh it, it depends on whether you get the good or the bad ending as well um that's kind of in there as well but uh no i i really enjoyed my time with it and it's one of those games where like 
once we get to December and start thinking about game of the year and you have to think back to you know January, February, March and you think oh yeah this game came out, that game came out um, it's going to have to sort of be remembered in that discussion because I'm sure on some people's list they'll have Kingdom Hearts 3 I'm pretty sure they will and that came out you know late January very very early in the year so sometimes you have to think back a little bit and remember um, some of the, uh, the slightly older games from the year so it'll be a case of people having to remember the game as well uh, if everybody enjoyed it as much as I did so um, yeah really really enjoyed what they did uh, so that was the main game for this week. Um, the beta for um, Trials Rising actually started today. It runs from the 21st through to the 25th. 25th is, is the Monday. The game comes out on the 26th. So it runs through to the, the day before uh, release. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did a little first impressions video today. It was very short because Twitch actually did cut out. And then I realized I didn't have too much more to say. And um, it, it was sort of one of them situations where like... The game is very basic at the start, it's your basic sort of tracks, and um, it was just good to, to jump back into Trials, because, you know, there was the thir first three games, uh, Trials HD, Evolution, and Fusion, um, and then uh, Trials of the Blood Dragon came out, I've already said what I think of that game before, it, it really didn't feel like a Trials game at all, um, and it wasn't very good, and now they've decided to go back to, I would consider this more of a main entry, and I would consider Trials of the Blood Dragon more of a spin-off, but there is, I guess, five games in the whole series if you want to count it that way um but no it, it just feels like good old trials and the, the game that i've sort of been missing so i'm i'm really excited for uh to jump back into more of the beta um because there's a lot of tracks that you can open up as well uh and then to jump back into the game properly on on tuesday and stuff and because uh, i've been sort of like getting bronze and silver and stuff and sort of going through some of the tracks but once i get you know my full save of the game i'll try to get i'll try and get more of the gold and stuff like that um, the other game I jumped into a little bit is Rainbow Six Siege this week. I only played like a couple of hours of it yesterday. Um, it's really, really quite good. It's more of a, what I'd like to call like a, th a thought-provoking shooter. You're not like your, your dooms where you'll, you'll walk into a room and there'll be six different monsters and you just shoot them as gorily, I guess, as you can, or you rip them apart or whatever. This is very much like... Okay, you rappel onto the, um, or down to, to the window, you maybe like shoot in there, or you jump through the window or whatever. Um, and if there's a guy that spots you, he'll start shooting you, can you get him before he gets you? And, uh, like what gadgets are you going to use, where are you going to use them, how well are you going to use them? Like if you throw a flashbang and it doesn't hit anybody, or a grenade, then like you've wasted some of the resources. And there's also a lot of different levels and stuff, there's like bomb defusals. Uh, there's like hostage situations and then there's simple like hey there's 10 terrorists in this building just eliminate them uh, and take the least damage that you can so uh, I've been really enjoying those three games this week and then obviously next week I'll jump properly into uh, Trials uh, Rising on Tuesday when it comes out um, and I think that's all the stuff for the uh, games that we've been playing uh, let's move into somehow Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. If you would like to get help with trying to lose weight, this might just be the solution that you're looking for. With a range of products that include shakes, boosters, capsules and more, get started today. All you need to do is click on the Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus link in your show notes or description on iTunes or on the website. Go over to her Facebook profile send her a facebook message and get started with the program today today's second sponsor is koalu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to koalu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today 
with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, The Walking Dead is continuing for the second half of Season 9, which David is joining me for this season. Uh, We've had 10 episodes so far for the season, so two return episodes. Um, And we didn't get the news before we recorded, but we'll be talking about the ratings next week because they've been uh, a a new new low set. Uh, But we'll we'll save the conversation for that here and we'll we'll talk about that that next week because I'm sure there's some things to be said uh but season 9 episode 10 review is out there for you guys to listen to um season 3 of true detective is still continuing it's had its penultimate episode for season 3 which is episode 7 episode 8 will be next week the season finale uh and then in that episode i will discuss their plans for season 4 because i'm sure more more information will be released afterwards as well because uh, hbo hasn't actually officially renewed it yet have they so they need to uh no do that but i'm sure they will renew it so we'll see what happens um but that's true detective on mondays or given given they renewed it after season two the yes i think it's quite likely right Right. yeah after how bad that was yeah uh what else is the um some psvr game stuff i i released a new sort of post full of full of videos it's got four or five or something like that in there um it's all just like astrobot and and uh, Tumble and some other games like that. So it's all spoiler free in there. You can jump into there and watch me play some PSVR games. There's a particular... I can't remember which video it is. And I don't know if it's in the, it's in the second or the third post. But there's a video that I did on the Tumble VR. Which was a bit longer. But I actually did manage to, to do the puzzle. And it was quite remarkable that I managed to do it the way I did. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's, that's in the second or the third post. But that's out there for you guys if you want to wanna watch those as well. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, Star Trek Discovery is still continuing for Season 2. That will be continuing on Fridays, which will be tomorrow. Um, which will be for Episode 6, and that should be good for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, Elite Battle Angel reviewed that last week, spoiler-free. And I reviewed Happy Death Day to you, uh, spoiler and spoiler-free. Uh, Captain Marvel is out in a couple of weeks. It's out on the 8th of March. I still haven't found any decent screenings for uh, Escape Room, the 2019 version. Um, so I'll see what I can do about that. But that's roughly what we've got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. So I'll let you go first. What would you like to talk about today? Uh, well, <clears throat> you mentioned your stream on uh, Beat Saber. There's a new game coming out that might be the only VR game to rival Beat Saber. Uh, it's called... Uh, um, it's got a weird name. i got to figure out how to pronounce it. Autica. I think it's how it's going to be pronounced. Okay. A-U-D-I-C-A. 
Uh, just think Beat Saber only replace the lightsabers with uh, blaster guns. So instead of going swish, swish, stab, you're going pew, pew, pew. Hmm. But it's basically the same kind of game. So if you're a big fan of Beat Saber, uh, it's got kind of the same VR mechanics. But since you're not going in like a straight vertical line with Beat Saber, Autica is more of like um, all over the place. So it's more like swirls and swooshes and whatnot. Uh, there's a video out for the announcement trailer. So if you just look up uh, Autica announcement trailer on YouTube, you can pop up. Uh, it's not going to be for PSVR, though. It's for oh. HTC Vive and Oculus Rift. Ah. Uh, that comes out on March 7th. There's no official date yet for any kind of like PSVR. But, you know, if it gets popular enough, maybe it will. You never know. Hopefully, yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, seem, I think I'm the only one with a PSVR that hasn't played Beat Saber yet. But I know you have... David, how does yes. uh, guns instead of lightsabers sound? Uh, I, I don't <laughs> know. You see, there's, there's the attraction of just being able to wield lightsabers. You know mm. that that that's the thing, and it works so well with the uh, with the PSVR controllers. Um, so I don't know. Although, I mean, if it's not coming out, if it's not coming out on PSVR yet, and it's it's coming, it sort of makes sense because the um, the PC VR stuff, the, the the Oculus Rift and that sort of stuff. The controllers are a bit more kind of gun-like, so I I guess mm. it works better with them. Um, unfortunately, the equipment's very expensive, and you need a very good machine to run it. So I don't have either. Of <laughs> no. And so at the at the moment, I, maybe at some point I will buy one, but uh, you also need space as well, which yes. I don't have. So uh, yeah, maybe at some point I will I will get it, but. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, possibly, possibly, kind of interesting and different. Beat Saber is such a good, simple game, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, may- maybe they could find a a third option, which is if you have the, I guess, the two controllers, whether it be the Move or the other controllers. Uh, maybe you have a gun and a lightsaber. You could maybe do that. Um, yeah, if, if maybe that's an option. That could be pretty good because then you know you can hit two at one, two in one or something. Um, so do you hold like both move controllers and you literally use them as, as lightsabers? Is that how uh, Beat Saber kind of operates? Yeah, basically, yeah. There's but it's sort of a mix between Guitar Hero and and like but with lightsabers basically. Hmm. So blocks come flying towards you and you've got to you've got to cut them in a particular order. Uh, um, that's and essentially... uh, one hand is a red and the other hand is a blue, and so you got to cut the red with the red and the blue with the blue. Yeah. But, you know, they're flying towards you and sometimes the blocks will switch. So the blue will be on the red side, the red will be on the blue side. You've also got to cut them in like either from top to bottom or from left to right. So where you cut the blocks and how and like which direction you're cutting and how accurately you're cutting them changes the amount of uh, points you score as well. So, yeah, it's. It uh, it works very well though on PSVR. It's if you've got the two move controllers, it's definitely worth getting. It's a really solid game. Cool. And if you want something similar in a way, but more football related, Headmasters kind of that yeah. in a way. Yeah, you've got yes. balls that are coming at you, and you've got to head them towards various different things, uh, mm. and then you get various different types of balls. So yeah, there's some similarities there if you want something more football based, but you will have to use your actual head to do that instead of uh, a lightsaber. So. Um, yeah, and if you want a lightsaber duel in real life, just join the uh, French fencing team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that is true. Or do you I mean you could 
could enter the Olympics with lightsabers now. So that that's a possibility. That is a distinct possibility. That that's going to be yeah. a thing in the next ten years. Yeah. Joe, uh, should should mention uh, Bex, my uh, regular co-host and YouTuber, is not only obsessed with uh, Beat Saber but also does lightsaber fencing. So <laughs> perfect for both. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, what else do you have to talk about, Robert? Uh, well, just in proof that, you know, something is worth what somebody else is willing to pay for it, a super rare copy of Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo Entertainment System, circa 1985, uh, just sold at public auction. The box itself had a near-mint rating of 9.4 by Wada Games, which is a website de- dedicated to rating and preserving collectible video games. Uh, the sticker seal, you know, the Nintendo seal of quality sticker over the game's itself had an A++ rating. Uh, take a guess at how much the final auction was, the final price for the auction. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you think, David? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. If you're saying it's an insane amount of I don't know what an insane amount of money is for this sort of thing. Mm. 50, 50 grand? The final auction price on February 6th was 100,105 <laughs> US dollars. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy. That is a lot of money, but like I said, uh, you know, something's worth what somebody else is willing to pay for it. And yeah, I, somebody yeah. else was willing to pay for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And and with, you know, some of these older games is nostalgia and stuff, so that wins in certain situations um as well. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. I mean, yeah. Well, the winner is the winner is the auction house that gets a thirty percent commission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I, have you guys ever like brought many collectibles or, or anything like that? Not, not at a hundred thousand. No, dollars. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I've I've got lots of figurine collectibles and that sort of stuff, uh, mainly through loot crates and things like that. But yeah. nothing, nothing in terms of of going out and like you know, specifically finding collectible things that don't leave the packages, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm n- not into that kind of collectible stuff. Well, anything produced to be collectible by default never becomes collectible. That was yes, kind of a that problem is... that, uh, that comics ran into in the mid to late 90s because they kept coming out with, like, collectible versions, but then they make, you know, 300,000, 400,000 copies of them, which makes them so common that they're not collectible. Yeah, it's the things that don't survive and weren't intended to survive that are collectible. Yeah, very true. So yeah, I mean, I don't really, I, I've never really kind of gone in for the uh, for the collectible stuff. I just like the the figures, and you know, I've got Funko Pops and that sort of thing. But as Robert says, they're not actually collectible, really. So yeah. Yeah, the only things I've kind of got is like Walking Dead figures uh, for like the all the main characters you can think of, Rick, Michonne, Carl, all those sorts of people, uh, all the people that have left. Uh, <laughs> um, and I've also got the uh, I don't know if you guys have, have seen them before. I've had them for as long as I can remember. I've got the uh, the Toy Story dolls, like the Woody and, and Jesse ones, and I've got the uh, the Buzz Lightyear one as well. I wouldn't call that <laughs> as much of a doll because it's not really that sort of. Uh, texture, but uh, the sort of um, larger toy you can get of him, and they they've been sitting on my shelf for well over ten years, I think. So um, 
yeah, that's uh, it's it's quite good to to keep that sort of stuff around as well. Obviously, I wouldn't like get them off the shelf for any reason. Really, they're there for like display and stuff, and I've moved them around and stuff here and there. Um, and I did recently have the situation that um, for some reason when I was because I got a new wardrobe like I think six months ago or a year ago or something, I lost uh, Woody's hat in the transition of doing that somehow. And uh, so I had to go on eBay and, and buy another one because I couldn't find the, uh, the old hat. And you you can't have Woody sitting on the shelf with with no hat. It just no, it just doesn't not look right. right. So not right at no, all. It doesn't look right, uh, especially yeah, when you ju- the, especially when you jump in the Kingdom Hearts three and he's got his hat on, and then you think, no, nah, I just need to buy a new one. So, yeah. Yeah, the only thing that I own that might be considered a collectible is I have uh, issue number one from the original run of the Transformers comic book. Oh. Um, but I didn't buy it as a collectible. I bought it as a ten-year-old kid who thought, you know, cars turning <laughs> into robots was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I do have a pile of old British um, Beano comics and and uh, some Wizard and Chips comic. Yeah, you know, so some like old classic British comics somewhere in the loft. Uh, and I inherited a bunch of collectible trains and stuff like that, and like Tonka toys and you know cars and stuff. Um, so I have got those kicking around somewhere, which yeah. I really something, could do with getting valued. But something that I completely forgot about, but remembered after watching like a weird little documentary about it, the Marvel Comics is the one that actually did all the background character bios for the original run of Transformers. Really? Wow. Yeah, and they still they at the time they still had the licenses to that to uh, um, Transformers, uh, G.I. Joe, and the Marvel comics. And I remember that because I'd have to look to see if I still had it. I had at one point a triple crossover comic book that had um, symbiote suit Spider-Man investigating G.I. Joe's going after the Transformers base. The other base. <laughs> and, wow. it, you know, when you're 11, you don't realize those genres matching together. Just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd actually have to look to see if I still have that episode or not. But I remember the cover because it was very, very visual. Because mm. it was uh, all the GI Joe guys murdering Bumblebee, just like shooting him with like body parts flying off. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. The only other two things I want to get is a Negan figure and a Crash Bandicoot one because I don't have uh, any of those. So uh, mm-hmm. those are the only two things. Um, hey, well, if you pick up Tekken Seven, you can play as Negan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> awesome, cool. Uh, what else do you have to talk about, Robert? Uh, Paradox Interactive, which is the company that publishes Cities, Skylines, and Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. yes. announced the other day that it is partnering with Microsoft to bring its open modding platform, Paradox Mods, to the Xbox One. Uh, beginning yesterday, players are going to be able to download and play mods for selected Paradox titles on the Microsoft console. Uh, so according to the quote from the article that I'm reading, modding, quote, has been and remains an important part of the Paradox community. As we have dif- uh, diversified the ways we distribute our games, we, we want to make sure all of our players can take part of the creation process. Uh, uh, the first game to receive mod support is called Surviving Mars, which is a 2018 simulator... Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, task players with building and sustaining a colony on Mars. Uh, 30 mods are available for this title. They can be accessed by logging into your Paradox account on the game's title screen, then selecting Mod Manager option at the bottom of the screen. Additionally, the Xbox One version of the game has been updated to allow keyboard and mouse support. Uh, Ah. While this 
while Surviving Mars is currently the only Xbox One title to take advantage of this new feature through Paradox, the company says that mod support for other titles, quote, is planned for the com- for coming later this year. So obviously, just keep an eye out on Paradox's website uh, for further official official updates. Cool. Um, so yeah, Very cool. it seems like you know Microsoft trying to uh, get in with as many different kind of companies as they can with this kind of thing. Like with uh, was it last week or the week before the uh, Xbox Live on Switch announcement and all the crossplay stuff they've been doing. Um, it's interesting that you say about the mouse and keyboard support because that's obviously like a new, I guess, new controller addition to them, if if you will, a new controller sort of option. Um, but there's also, of course, always like, um, you know, when a game comes out for the Xbox One, there's the Xbox One controller. If they allow mouse and keyboard support, it puts that in as well. But then you've also still got the adaptive controller. So um, people that uh, need to use those controllers can, can jump in with all this kind of stuff as well. Uh, so I think that's really good. Um, David, this seems like something that uh, is, is a little more in, in your alley with the City Skyline. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean... As I say, I've played City Skylines. Uh, Surviving Mars I've played as well, uh, which is a, a really fun game. You're basically colonizing Mars. There have been a few DLCs out for that. Uh, and uh, you you start off with sort of little robots colonizing Mars, and then you kind of send humans up there, and uh, you start building different domes and stuff. And there is a whole ton of, of mod support on Steam. So uh, it's cool. interesting to see them bringing all that sort of stuff across. Um, and it's the same with City Skylines, actually. There's a lot of mod support for, for Skylines on uh, Steam as well. So I, this does make quite a lot of sense to, to bring it over. Um, and particularly with Xbox, when the Xbox is essentially, I mean, the, the underly- a lot of the underlying stuff is essentially a, a pre-set up PC. So it shouldn't be that difficult to move it from one platform to the other, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it makes sense to, to be doing this. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I love a lot of the, the uh, Paradox games. I think they've got a new license coming as well, I seem to remember um, mentioning. Because uh, I seem to remember seeing mentioned somewhere that they've got another license like they're working on as well, not related to Skylines or, or anything they've done so far. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, any thoughts on this? Uh, not really. I mean, it's uh, I haven't played any of that game, but it's just one of those things that falls into the category of more of a reason to be on the Microsoft platform because Microsoft has been very open with cross-play, uh, whereas uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation has told everybody to go sod off. And now <laughs> we, we got some early you know, modding with uh, um, Skyrim and uh, Fallout 4. And of course, uh, PlayStation just told them to, you know, go have a wank somewhere because they don't really do that kind of a thing. And yeah. now we've got, you know, more third-party games. I mean, obviously, Bethesda's a third party, but they're a really, really huge third party. You know, Paradox Interactive is cool as some of the games they make. I wouldn't really put them on that same level. That's like saying, you know, we're getting mod support for EA games or we're getting mod support for uh, Ubisoft games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's it's more options and it's more reason to you know play on the co- on at least on a console level to play on Xbox versus uh, PS4. Yeah. Uh, just shows that they're more willing to do things that fans want because obviously they wouldn't allow mods if there wasn't that much of a demand from the mod community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for for me, I I got rid of my Xbox simply because I was looking at it and decided I hadn't played it for like a year and thought, well, I may as well get rid of it. And I ended up getting rid of that and upgrading upgrading the PS4, um, but and buying the PSVR. But it it just made more sense to me because of the fact that I play a lot on the PC and. If you've got a PC that's good enough to run most games, there's not really much need for the Xbox. But if I didn't have the PC, then I'd want the Xbox. So, you know, Mm -hmm. really depends. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. What else do you have to talk about, Robert? Uh, Well, the last thing I have to talk about is for the former IP known as Scalebound. We mentioned this a little bit earlier in the week when some rumor floated around that uh, it was going to get relaunched as a Switch game. Yeah, that's what I... Uh, uh, you and I down. Yeah. yeah, and you and I talked about that a little bit. I said it was probably unlikely because um, the last I'd heard of anything with Scalebound was Microsoft renewing the IP license in 2017. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 100% sure if uh, Platinum Games, who actually makes it, is owned by Microsoft or not. I honestly forget, because that might be a studio that's part of another studio. I, um, I don't think so, because the... Uh, I can't remember which game it was from last week's Direct, but one of them was being made by a Platinum. I think it was that that game with the uh, people in the police suits, the one that was a little bit more like... Uh, the, uh, uh, like Apex I, something? Not Apex. I'm thinking of Apex because of damn Titanfall. Um, the, yeah. the one that they announced near the end of the Direct, I think a lot of people... Yeah, I know, I know the from, game uh, you're talking about. It's like Angel something or other. I can't yeah, remember exactly yeah. what it is. So I don't know if they were owned by Microsoft. I would... Astral Chains, that's what it that's is. That's one, yeah. Um, so what what information do you have for Scalebound? Uh, well, the this is probably not going to happen because uh, the former uh, creative director, uh, Jean-Pierre Kellams, was on Twitter saying, uh, I don't work there anymore and I haven't talked to anyone about it, but I highly doubt it's a thing. The IP ownership and the hardware differences between the Xbox One and the Nintendo Switch makes it unlikely. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that it's impossible. I mean, hell, they put Doom on the Switch, for crying out loud. Uh, so in terms of, like, the actual technical mechanics, I wouldn't say impossible. They would definitely have to start over from scratch or at least figure out a way to recode it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, the Internet, being the Internet, decided to do the Internet things. And uh, some guy on Twitter who goes by the name T'Challa Stark, which I love that name, by the way, um, brought up the fact that uh, Platinum is working on Bayonetta 3, Babylon Falls, Astral Chains, and other mobile games. They're saying that it stands to reason uh, that Scalebound was canceled because they stretched themselves so thin, which uh, William uh, Kellams took particular exception to, actually directly replied to him and said, one of the reasons why you don't know why Scalebound was canceled is because you didn't work on Scalebound. And dumbasses on the internet being dumbasses on the internet uh, actually replied to him and said i've heard some not go not so good things and then uh, kellum dips into the salt mine and says good for you i know exactly <laughs> why it was canceled because i was the lead producer on it at platinum games so i'm not particularly interested yeah. in what you've heard so quit tagging me in your dumbass mentions and rumors <laughs> don't at me at your trademark search screenshots either or microsoft slash nintendo arguments or whatever the real slash true slash etc slash BS you've heard about Scalebound. And then he goes off Twitter for a few games, which I don't blame him. You know, Twitter's kind of a cesspool. But... Right, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, yeah. I think it's a very strange and very interesting situation where, like, 
Um, something between 2017 and 2019 could have happened or maybe something happened like a, a week ago or a month ago we don't know all of the like behind the scenes details on these kinds of things um, I think it'd be really cool to see Scalebound again um, but I do think it'd be it would be a good idea to you know pick up like some of where it was left off but like improve on a lot of the uh, things that the public was was like uh, talking about with it um, if if I because I remember the game, it was like you won this dragon and stuff, and it was a little bit like Devil May Cry esque in in certain ways. Um, and I I am I, I would agree that I'm not sure on how that would run on the Switch, but we do have like Assassin's Creed Three coming. We do have Doom on the way. Uh, even games like Breath of the Wild that are um, first party Switch games look incredible. So it could work, but you would have to maybe scale certain things down. Um, it's interesting because when I was uh, getting a picture for the the trials rising first impressions today um i saw this article that like um that trials rising had to be like downgraded a bit for the switch which is a bit more surprising with a game like that because it's like you know you, you move these environments with a bike and uh there's not too much like else really going on so like it it depends i suppose on the development of the game and stuff like that um but I, i'd like to see scalebound again so um david do you remember much from from this game from the microsoft side of things what uh scalebound yes yeah, vaguely i sort of only as much as i know the name really and mm. i think i remember it being announced uh i'd not really followed it very much after that to be honest um yeah i mean it looked kind of interesting but i you know i i, I wasn't even aware it would be cancelled at this point i was how close i've been following it so uh, so yeah so um i mean I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't necessarily come back apart from i mean from a technical point of view i don't see any reason why they couldn't develop into it into something else but um given that it was supposed to be it really depends on what the deal was with microsoft and uh you know whether that that now it's cancelled they're free to do what they like with it or whether it's something else entirely so mm -hmm. yeah um and yeah i mean with with xbox and nintendo like being friends now or whatever uh with the whole switch on xbox live and the crossplay stuff that they started together um you could see like microsoft putting in some funds maybe helping them out a bit uh, and maybe maybe going from there or, or something because um, if maybe if Microsoft couldn't do it entirely on their side they can get some Nintendo developers in in, in some way um, I mean we're kind of just guessing as to how the game could come about but there's feasible situations so uh, we will see what happens with it um, Robert you said that was the last of your news pieces yeah that's the last like the official official stuff I had so cool uh, so I did have Scalebound being revived on Switch but we just talked about that um, speaking of Xbox and kind of sticking with them for a minute, um, we've got some new backwards compatible games added today. Uh, not to the Game Pass, just to um, backwards compatibility itself. Uh, Lost Planet 1, 2, 3 and Lost Planet Colonies has been added. Uh, Resident Evil Code uh, Veronica X is coming today and uh, I think that's the, that's the games that are coming. So basically all of the Lost Planet games. I roughly remember Lost Planet whenever that came out. Um, I, I can't quite remember. Um, I remember playing like the first hour or two on the, on the 360, and it's one of them games where like I jumped in. I didn't have any problems with it or, with it or anything, but I kind of just jumped off and, and never and never kind of went back to it. Um, it's a game that might be interesting to explore um, and and maybe see kind of what they're about. Is this the? I don't know if you got, you guys know, but I've heard that like Veronica X or Code Veronica is the name of the third. 
Resident Evil, but this doesn't say Resident Evil 3, because the Resident Evil 3 title that I've heard is um, Resident Evil 3 Code Veronica, and this is Veronica X. So do you guys know any more about that? Not really, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, other than the fact that, I mean, there's been a million Resident Evil games, so, yeah, you know, yeah. they may be the same thing, maybe they're messing around with the title, maybe, mm. yeah, maybe maybe it's two entirely separate projects, which is entirely feasible when it comes to Resident Evil. Possibly. Because you, you had simply like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and maybe eight if they make one, and then you had like... Uh, Resident Evil Zero. I don't actually know what one. They, I know like the least about that one specifically. Resident Evil Zero, and then there was uh, the Re- Revelations game, which was like one and two. I think the second one was like an episodic game. The first one was just a normal game. Um, but uh, Robert, what do you think of these selections for backwards compatibility? Uh, I mean, it's always good to get uh, you know more options for backwards compatibility. It's yeah. something that they've obviously put a lot of effort into. <laughs> As for those specific games, I was never really a Resident Evil person myself, so I couldn't say what Code Veronica was and where it falls into this category or that category. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, Two, 2000 it was released, Code Veronica. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, just looking, it was uh, Dreamcast, PS2, PS3, GameCube, and Xbox 360. So... Um, takes place three months after the events of resident evil 2 apparently which would make sense given that they've just remastered resident evil 2 so yeah maybe yeah, that's keep why that, keep that train going yeah um what about you david for the lost planet games have you ever played those uh no, no? okay <laughs> no cool not at all um all right let's move on from those so those games are available backwards compatible if you want to play those on your xbox one but you can't do it on your ps4 but you can do it on your PS3 if you still have one, which I do. So, uh, What else do we have? Apex Legends, the free-to-play Titanfall game that came out two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I've lost track of time. Um, very recently it came out. It was the free-to-play Battle Royale Titanfall game, which didn't launch with title, with uh, Titans or Wall Running, which is signature for, for that series, because uh, you could do a combination of both. You could run onto the wall and then jump into your Titan, or I assume jump out of the Titan onto the wall, whatever. Um, but they're going to add both of those things soon to the game. Um, David, have you jumped into any Apex Legends? No, I keep on seeing it all over the place. I, I mean, again, <laughs> it's it's not my it's not really my sort of thing. It involves because it's a, it's a battle royale thing, and it's it's yeah. free to play. And you know, the like I've never really played Fortnite. I've never really played. Yeah, you know, so it's not really it's not really my sort of thing. Um, uh, and I, it involves playing with other people, and I prefer to play the games by myself. You know, <laughs> so yeah. um, unless they're sort of MMOs, I tend to tend to play solo stuff. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because uh, with uh, this Apex Legends, you can you're like assigned to people that you match up with. Um, but as you're, you know, you, the, the normal like Fortnite dropping into the sky thing, PUBG does it. I think yeah, Black Ops does it uh, as well. As you're jumping down. Um, or falling down rather, uh, your two teammates put like markers down to like, okay, we're going to land here. You can actually do like an option. It literally says on the like button command, if you launch somewhere else, it just says launch solo and then you can just go off on your own and just parachute <laughs> somewhere else. So uh, yeah, it's it's still strange to me how they didn't have Titans and more running in at the start because I thought they were just like basic Titanfall mechanics that you'd put in the game. 
Um, but yeah, thinking of what I've played so far of Apex Legends, and it's going to be one of those games where, like with Fortnite or when, like with Apex, if I'm in the mood, I'll jump in, play a few games until I don't want to anymore, jump back out, and then jump back into another game or something. Uh, they're both installed on my PlayStation 4, so I can just jump in and out of those whenever that sort of um, whenever I sort of want to. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to to do that as well with the, with those games. Um, what about, what about you, Robert? Any thoughts on them finally adding Titans and more running? Uh, I mean, it's one of the things people have been clamoring for, so more power to you. I've never mm-hmm. downloaded or installed the game, so I have no real interest in it. I'm li- I'm with uh, everybody else. I'm not the biggest, you know, fan of uh, uh, you know, playing with other people. <laughs> I, I like to jokingly say I used to be a people person, and then people happened. <laughs> yeah, I I I agree with that. <laughs> Cool. So you'd both like to uh, to launch solo and and, uh, and parachute down on your own. Yes. Uh, let's move on to Google. Uh, they they teased kind of recently that they want to do some stuff with games, um, but they revealed today that they're going to be at GDC, which is in March, which I believe Microsoft is going to as well, because that's when they teased the whole uh, Xbox Live on Switch stuff. So I think that's going to be at the same event. But Google has said that they're going to be there as well, and a lot of people are speculating that this is going to be the game stuff. It might not be. Um, what would you, because I think me and Miriam and Robert have talked about this a little bit before. Um, David, what would you want from Google in terms of video games? Uh, well, I mean, do we, have we seen any speculation on what they're actually kind of, I mean, are they talking about a platform? A or? And some people have said that they might just like buy a certain IP, so it's like, okay, you're playing... Right. Let's okay. say they buy Apex Legends or something, they won't happen. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. If but... they buy that, it'd be like, okay, now you're playing a Google game. So, uh, right. Okay. That kind of yeah, thing. I mean, buy, buying IPs would be would be one thing. I'm not particularly interested in the idea of a, a Google console, especially because my yeah, I don't need my box. feeling. <laughs> yeah, I don't really need another box. I don't really need another gaming system. There's nothing that I can imagine would come out on a Google console that I couldn't get on other things anyway. Mm. So, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see them there if they are either getting into game development or, or making exclusive purchases for um, Android. So for mobile gaming would Maybe. be kind of interesting. I don't particularly mobile game very much, but Me neither. you know that yeah. you know not when I've got everything else. Why would I? And I've got a Switch, and I've got like you know the PS4 and the PC. Why would I? Um, it's a bit like Apple getting into gaming. It's not really something that needs to happen. Yeah. So yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm on pretty much the same boat as that. As like I don't need another controller or another box or another account yeah. to sign into and, and that sort of stuff um, like another in- individual sort of thing but sure if they get into like maybe buying some IP or like getting a development team together uh, and, and just making games and then they're on like the PS4 and stuff and the Xbox that would be that would be fairly good so they could maybe do something yeah. from there um, I know we've already talked about this a little bit Robert but uh, anything else you want to add to this? No, it's not really. I mean, like I'm, I do some mobile games mm-hmm. every now and then. As, as you know, as a, you know, people listen to the podcast know, I travel sometimes for my job, so that kind of necessitates a bit of uh, mobile game playing. But um, they just the since they're so locked to the phone, um, to the physical size, and to the the keypad, and you know the the 
mechanics of that that just kind of limits it and such. Uh, past that, I don't know why they would, because developing games is not a cheap thing to do, and they've already got you know the Play mm-hmm. Store and games on the Play Store, so they're already making money hand over fist on that. I don't know why they would want to spend any money doing their own thing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might be interesting if they released an official controller for it. So if you were say mm-hmm. if yeah. if you, I mean, the the obvious way to do it would be to use the phone as or your pad, uh, what you know, your your Android pad as the processor, have it connect through chrome to a tv and use uh, and release official official controllers for it so there is a standardized controller i mean that that might be kind of interesting because that way you're not really buying any extra hardware that you probably haven't got because i mean a chrome's what 30 pounds over here and you know most people have phones or you know devices of some description so if you had an official controller for it that would allow you to sit on your sofa and play it like via the phone through something like chrome that wouldn't be such a bad thing you know yeah so yeah yeah don't you have a phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. so um but yeah they could just be go to they could just go to uh gdc and announce something small maybe some sort of small extension to the uh the play store like you said uh but we will wait and see next month yeah which only has a week left of it so uh yeah roughly that um Let's move on to a little bit of uh, bittersweet news. Uh, the president of Nintendo, good old Reggie, uh, he announced today that he's retiring as the president of Nintendo, and Doug Bowser is going to take over in April. Um, so I don't know if he do, if he officially ties in April, and he's just announcing it today, but he said that uh, Doug is taking over in April. Um, so yeah, a lot of people are, are like not upset like massively but they've said that you know it's sad to it's sad to see him go but he's ended things on obviously like good terms and that sort of stuff uh and he's just decided like you know i'm just gonna nicely retire nintendo are in a really good position with the switch and recent games and stuff and uh was it smash brothers sold really really well and uh yeah he's just decided to retire and let doug uh take over in april um david what do you what do you think of this well, I mean, it's a shame to see him go. It's it's a shame that Reggie wasn't called Mario because that would have made that <laughs> gag even funnier. But uh, yeah, yeah, with Bowser taking over, yeah, but um, giving Nintendo to Bowser, yeah. yeah, yes, giving Nintendo to Bowser. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, people move, people move on, people decide to retire. Uh, I don't know how old the guy is, but I mean, he's been around. I if yeah. he's if he's, I, I if he's he comfortable, said, uh, fifteen years is is what he yeah, said. Yeah, okay, I think. And if he's if he's comfortable, uh, yeah, to ninety uh, two thousand and six, it looks like he's. I mean, he's been he's been around since two thousand and three, but two thousand and six, it looked like was when he actually took over. Um, but yeah, I mean, so he's been in the job for a while. If he's happy and comfortable with Doug Bowser as uh, VP at the moment and moving into taking over everything, I, that that makes perfect sense you know if you've got a, a decent transition pattern you're fairly happy that you're leaving the company in good hands then you know yeah re- retire and sit on your large bed of money that i'm <laughs> sure you've made from nintendo yeah yeah um robert any thoughts on on reggie well like with most people when they said that bowser was replacing reggie i seriously thought they were having a laugh at us but <laughs> yeah uh i mean it's gonna be gonna be a bummer for him not being like the um you know the the events for GDC and E3 and whatnot because he was a character. Yeah, he was always you know good natured, fun loving. 
not super, super serious, but you could tell he took his job seriously and he wanted the best for Nintendo. Right. Yeah. And hopefully um, Bowser will keep up <laughs> that uh, tradition of just, you know, wanting the best for the company and for gamers. Uh, but past that, I mean, at least it's something that doesn't look like somebody saying, oh, I'm just burned out because how many stories have we covered yeah. where somebody at some yeah. development company has been like really, really high up and been there forever. And they're just like, I am burned out. I got to take a break and just leaves and goes and disappears off the grid for like six months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll miss Reggie. He'll like, he said he's going to spend time with like his, uh, his wife and his children, his family and stuff. So, uh, yeah, nice, nice, nice way for him to, to leave Nintendo, um, on the best terms and stuff. So good luck to him with whatever he does. And good luck to, uh, Doug, you know, the president of Nintendo. So, Good luck with that. Um, you you've got a big job on your hands, but uh, I'm sure, like, uh, with all the nice words that Reggie said about him and stuff, he sounds very capable. So uh, let's hope good things for Nintendo as well. And uh, I think we can nicely leave it at that. Nice note, just there. Um, so last week, uh, either last week or the week before, uh, we talked about THQ uh, Nautic, um, and I want to I want to break this into two s- smaller segments. Um, cause me, me and Robert talked last week about the 77 games in development. Um, but I don't know if you, you knew that David, uh, cause, um, THQ Nordic have been, uh, buying a lot of different IPs over the last, what, year, six months or however long it's been. And there was, um, a bit of news last week that said that they have 77 games in development. <laughs> That's 77. And I, ha- yeah. and I heard about three months ago that it was 55 and then they brought, I think two IPs or probably more than that. But uh, seventy-seven. It's uh, that's that's a crazy. staggering number. Uh, I can't believe that. So uh, yeah, what, what do you what do you think of that? How, well, I mean, the uh, THQ Nautic are. Um, I mean, they're a publisher, aren't they? So I mean, they're not mm-hmm. developing stuff. Di- well, they might be developing some stuff directly themselves, but they're not. They're not. You know, they're they're publishing, which is is slightly different. So, but yeah. uh, that's still an insanely large amount of things to be kind of publishing. Um, yeah, I don't know whether I play that many THQ Nordic games. Just looking, I did play some of them. This is the police I played well, last you're year. You're bound to run into one of them now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is the police I've definitely played. Um, uh, I might have played type. Titan Quest, I think I played a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely run into one or two of them over the over the years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, but the extension that we have to this story is that THQ Nautic uh, said today that they want to buy more IP. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, one of the questions that I brought up, which I still haven't necessarily found the answer to, is, like, who is, who is funding all of this? Um, and, like, because you, you can't just make that many games or, or buy that many things. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's stopping. It seems like they're going on more than what Microsoft is doing, because Microsoft seems to have calmed down a little bit on their, uh, on their studio purchases at the moment. Um, I mean, there might be negotiations with other companies at this time but um it's it's been a couple of weeks or so since we've uh, reported on microsoft but uh thq nautic just wants to keep going um robert do you have any thoughts on on thq well i have several questions i mean i can't <laughs> say that i've never been you know a little bit inebriated and bought something random on amazon before i mean who hasn't done that at some point yeah 
Um, the now to be to be specific, Microsoft is buying studios, whereas THQ Nordic is just buying IPs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the 77 games that are in development, I, you know, obviously THQ Nordic isn't developing all of them, you know, somebody else is developing them and they just own the, the intellectual property to that. Um, most of the ones they can't have spent a lot of money on because I don't know how THQ has any money and, you know, where they're getting their income from mm-hmm. because most of the IPs they own aren't really active. They're buying like, you know, something that you could would probably be for like a business be like chocolate pocket change. Like yeah, you know, they could buy this IP for like $30,000 and yeah, for most people, $30,000, that's a lot of money. But for a business that might be, you know, the, your payroll for a month or something. Uh, think about a company like Microsoft and their main building, how much they probably spend on electricity on that building. It's probably more than what THQ yeah. Nordic was paid for most of the IPs that they own. Yeah. yeah. Um, my only thing is I just hope they do something with them. I mean, one of my favorite uh, games was uh, South Park, A Stick of Truth, and that went through so many crazy development cycle hells, and that was part of the THQ when it got, you know, bankrupt and split off into a billion different pieces. Yeah. And that game still came out, and it was still a great game, and, you know, we got a sequel out of it. And so I'm kind of hoping that THQ buying all these IPs just means that whatever game is for that, Gets manages to get finished and get uh, distributed, kind of a pay it forward kind of a thing. Um, but past that, I really don't know what's going on. I would love to be able to interview whoever's in charge of purchasing and just be like, yeah. "Dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> but uh, I don't know that if yeah. I reached out to whoever was in charge, I would get an interview. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I see what you mean about the licenses i mean the look looking at some of the ones they bought like last year just a couple of them uh you've got uh carmageddon time splitters and outcast in there all of which are like you know 15 year old games from where you know and they're they're making new versions of them yeah so you know a... they've just picked up like random names it's like the obsession with tv has with remaking um old 80s tv shows you know mm-hmm yeah, there's a lot of reboots on the way, both games, yeah. TV, and, and films, so look out yes. for those. Uh, cool, so we'll keep an eye on THQ. I'm sure it will be in the news when they, they buy some more stuff, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just a fascinating situation, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, we've got two things left to discuss. Um, we well, two, Three things left to discuss, two of them are emails, but we'll get to those in a minute. But the topic that I wanted to bring up for this special 150th episode is our single most anticipated game. Uh, and the rules that are being set for this is the game must have been announced, uh, so something like a Cyberpunk or uh, like Last of Us 2 or a Death Stranding. Um, so it doesn't have to have even necessarily a year um, date because we don't know if Cyberpunk's out this year, next year, the year after, when it's going to be, um, those sorts of things. Um, and it can't be something that hasn't been announced, so it can't be Half-Life 3. Uh, even though a lot of people want that, it's not been announced, so we will see if that comes out. I doubt it will, but whatever. Um, and what I want to do is a, as a little bit of an extension, because um, I can't remember if I actually said that we were doing this last week. Um, but next week, when when we do the show, if you guys want to write in with your most anticipated game, uh, can only be one. Just your your the one that's at the top of your list that uh, you're really really excited for. So not like a list of your top five and any of that kind of stuff. 
Uh, so write in Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter at eTalkUK. Uh, there's the contact page, which has all the information, the ways you can submit questions and stuff, and comments, and contact us. Uh, as do the show notes that you have available to you at the moment. Um, so write in, let us know your single most anticipated game, and we'll cover that next week as a small extension. Um, but I'll let one of you go first. Uh, David, I'll let you go first. What is your single most anticipated game? Well, I mean... <sighs> I, I'd love to say um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, but we know so little about mm. it at this point uh, that, that I I mean, I, it sounds like it could be a really good game. Um, just the fact that it seems to be story driven and uh, it's it's not going to be as good as the one that they cancelled. But, you know, um, I, I think that. I, I'd love to say is going to be my most anticipated game, but until we know more about it, uh, I can't really say that. Um, of, other than that, I would probably say Subnautica below zero. Hmm. Um, I, I, for me, because Subnautica, I know it's only recently come out on console, so there's only you know it's it's quite new to a lot of people probably. But uh, I've been playing Subnautica, the original game, on and off for a couple of years because it's been on early access on steam for that long so i've i've been playing that for ages and kind of going back to it every like six months or so through the development cycle just to sort of play through it again and it's one of those few games which i will pick up and completely start again even though it's a story driven thing um so i i just have great fun wandering around in that game and it's uh if you've never played subnautica you're basically it's uh, you start off on a spaceship spaceship crashes onto a water planet and you have to use things that you find under the sea to survive and you can build bases and stuff and as you go uh you you go along you can build bigger and bigger things including things like uh mini subs and then a full-blown submarine and uh you can use them as mobile bases and things uh it's, it's also got this really interesting story where you um are finding alien architecture under the ground and uh you kind of um i've got to find out why they're there and, and what's going on with them so uh they've got a a well it's not dlc it's it sort of looks like it should be but it isn't uh subnautica below zero is a is an entirely separate new game um got a lot of the elements out of subnautica in it right. uh but it's a new story new people uh completely different planet uh and as you will probably guess from the title the thing with this particular version is that the planet is got a lot of frozen kind of wasteland on it uh it's still very much underwater for most of it there are certain land masses or there's there's large areas that are covered in ice as well uh which adds this new dimension because when you're starting to run out of breath you kind of go and swim to the top and then suddenly find you've accidentally swim under under an ice shelf and can't get back up again oh. so uh <laughs> that's a bit of a problem but uh yeah i mean it's it's just brilliant and i i've uh they've got the other game they've got um below zero actually out on early access right now so if you've got steam and you've got a pc that can run it uh the, the it is actually there so you can play it but it is in very 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 early access so there's not much there you can actually play with but it gives you a kind of taste of of what it's going to feel like uh but it's the, just the design of it's lovely it's um i like it because 
it's not like a shooter there's not lots of you know run and gun stuff there are some guns involved in it and there are some of the creatures that's under the water that are, are dangerous to you but you're really mainly trying to avoid them more than anything else you're not kind of trying to shoot them and take them down it's not a big kind of shooty sort of game right. uh so uh yeah it's I, I i just really enjoy spending time in those worlds and i think they've created such a beautiful environment for it so i'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with below zero as the development goes through so uh, at the moment like i say i played through what they've got there at the moment i'll leave it a few months and then go back to it and have another look cool uh robert what is your single most anticipated game well, as people that listen to the podcast know, my mm-hmm. single most anticipated game, of course, is going to be uh, um, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, see, uh, I would also say Cyberpunk, but I knew you were going to say it, so I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, David, do you remember uh, a few weeks back we did a podcast and I brought up uh, the uh, CD Projekt Red uh, investors call? Yeah, yeah. I, that, I remember that's that. what re- yeah that's what really sold me on that for for those people that you know didn't hear that podcast or don't know an investor call is basically a conference call between the head of the companies you know the top like the top 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 like two or three people and then the big money people that are you know helping finance that and then one of the investors uh, was asking about uh, red dead 2 and how what a phenomenal launch that it had and then if they were going to strive for you know prioritizing a release schedule or if they were going to release it in a state to be able to compete with that. And then Adam Kaczynski, who's in charge of CD Product Red, said probably the mo- one of the most poignant things that I've ever heard any any you know director say, and I, got, I actually pulled it up here so I could quote him properly. Uh, he said, gamers, it seems, tend to focus more and more on hit releases. Uh, there's only so much time one can devote to video games. And while the gaming community in itself is growing, time cannot be stretched. There is, maybe not a surfeit, but a great deal of good games out there, and playing them consumes a lot of time. So it pays to be among the best, and that's how you get a nice fat slice of the cake business-wise. The same cannot be said for the lower leagues. In summary, we are rooting for Rockstar and for Red Dead Redemption 2 and happy to see them continue well, but we're going to try to do make the best game possible. And that's what really sold me on the yeah. the uh, the game itself. Because as I mentioned before, I tried to play Witcher 3. I could see the quality in Witcher 3. I could see why it was a good game. I could just never get my motor skills to work for the combat controls with Witcher 3. But I always knew that that game looked like it had somebody that was really driving it well. And then that investor's call just drove that point home. And then we got that nice, long hour-long demo of how the game is in its build state even though there was like plastered all over this is not a final build uh you could tell they were really striving for something amazing and i think that it's got the potential to be just an absolute maybe even better than witcher 3 kind of a game yeah i mean witcher 3 itself is is one of my favorite games of all time uh so you know obviously i'm very excited for this um and i think weirdly one of the best things that ever happened to cg project cd project red was how badly the first witcher game was received and the amount of work they put into getting it right and fixing it and i think that has sort of put them on this path of making sure that anything they release after that doesn't ever ever have the same problem Mm. um because they had they spent a lot of time 
um because what they did was it the witcher 3 launched it had i think they probably been pushed into launching it too early it had a lot of problems with uh bugs in it and also the voice work was horrendous so they re-recorded absolutely everything and released an enhanced version and uh i, I think they released the enhanced version for free actually um to people that had owned as like a a, a download a patch for uh, people who bought the original game so they and i but i think that in itself was probably quite a positive thing for them because certainly with things like witcher 3 and with uh the the new game they're looking that they're very much on this path of saying it it's done when it's done we're not going to rush things we're going to get it right because we've seen what happens when you get it wrong and it's so <laughs> oh, <that's 76. laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. that's, that's not even just stuff in the game either. So, um, no. Yeah. Uh, so my single most anticipated game is The Last of Us Two or Part Two, whatever you want to call it, Last of Us Two. Um, I I still maintain that uh, Last of Us, the first one, is the best game I've played. If you guys did miss it over the Christmas break, which was kind of recently, I suppose it was a couple of months ago, um, I did do a individual uh, countdown of the top five best games I've played. I, not necessarily of all time, because I haven't played everything. Obviously, there's several Zelda games I haven't played that could be considered, and Mario games, and all sorts, all sorts of other ones. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely loved the first one. I thought it told uh, sort of fresh and nice and different um sort of zombie story with two very very interesting characters um and it just looks like the last of us 2 is gonna take what they've got continue the story in ways that aren't like quite clear which is a good thing at the moment um and like it looks like they're gonna sort of expand the world a little bit because there's several new characters that have been sort of slyly introduced in uh in all the new trailers that have come out i mean in the um I'm not sure if it was the first trailer or the second trailer. It's like entirely new characters that were that were revealed, and there was no Ellie or no, no Joel in in any of those bits. So it looks like they're they're just sort of adding to the story and the world and the characters. And uh, it's one of the it was one of them games where like something gets an it gets announced, whatever, and then you see a couple of trailers, and then you think, huh, wonder when we'll see gameplay. What you you wonder when the time will be right for them to show gameplay when they when they'll have something ready when it will look good. And then uh, E3 2018 comes around, and sure, say what you want about Sony's actual presentation, which did lack stuff. Um, but the demo that they showed for Last of Us 2 just blew me away. I thought that the animation and uh, just the all these little sort of different touches and absolutely the graphics in, in the game just blew me away. And there was a particular um, animation sort of thing that uh, Ellie did. Um, I think it's it's after she does the the shot with the bow and arrow. She sort of walks around, drops walks around that sort of fence thing she drops down uh she goes to attack these two different enemies and one of them swings at her with like a hammer or a machete whatever it is and she dodges and she sort of not bounces off the car but like leans off the car and sort of gets herself back up or whatever and if the game's like got new animations like that and different sort of options for you to do in fighting instead of you just simply take cover shoot kill something move on um yeah it just looks like they're, they're adding to the game in in ways that uh, both we wanted and and get and ways that we obviously won't expect and stuff like that and uh, yeah I'm interested to see where the characters are going to be taken and if there is even going to be like a third one if this is going to conclude the story in any way or or, or what might happen there um, but it, again it's one of them games where we don't know the release date I 
doubt it will be this year. I would think at earliest it would be 2020, if not like 2021, or at the latest, I would say 2022. Um, but I would say any point between um, 2020 and 2021 is when I think it will be out. Um, and yeah, a lot of people keep saying like, okay, with with Death Stranding, Ghost of Shima, and uh, Last of Us 2, would they need to be like remastered for the ps5 i think the strange thing with that is like if the ps5 is backwards compatible with ps4 which it needs to be um those games are going to look more than good enough at that point um mm. especially if you're running them on the new hardware backwards compatible on, on the ps5 so you don't need to remaster them in 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 that sort of way uh so they can just kind of play as ps5 games i think that will just be backwards compatible um all, all three of those and the same goes really for like spider-man and god of war and stuff i mean those those games still look more than good enough for for this day and age so uh even i think in, in two years time if if those are still just backwards compatible you don't need to do like hd versions of those because they'll still run perfectly well but uh yeah and i'm i'm still very much into zombies i'm far from zombie fatigued in in any kind of way uh and i'm still looking for like you know zombie shows films and <coughs> and games and that sort of stuff and uh, last of us 2 is is in that wheelhouse so yeah i'm really really excited for it so and um yeah that's our uh, most anticipated uh, game our single most anticipated game so i hope you guys enjoyed those let us know what yours are and uh, we'll discuss those next week uh, let's move into some emails. Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter at eTalkUK. There's the contact page and there's also a bunch of different information in your show notes. Uh, Bradley says, A lot of discussion has been had over the PS5 launch titles, uh, such as Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Spider-Man 2, God of War 2, etc. But I'm not seeing much much discussion over what Microsoft will launch. Uh, with Halo Infinite on the way, I can see that being, um, being one, so a... Um, next gen launch title uh as gears 5 feels more like a tail end of the generation release so like an xbox one x game um do you think out of the announced games halo will be the only one launching next gen and that the games being made by ninja theory obsidian and the others uh, are all for the next xbox uh so this means um we could have the new battletoads game gears war 5 ori 2 and all the others for either 2019 or 2020 depending on of course when the next xbox comes out um, I think I, I'd, I'd agree with this. I think it's fa- smart for them to um, save the next Halo for, for, for a launch as well, rather than putting that out, out of the tail end. Because, like Bradley has said here, with stuff like Gears 5, especially with Gears 5 being a you know household Xbox name, release that at the tail end, give you know the Xbox One X that sort of swan song, uh, swan song rather, um, as well as things like Ori 2 and maybe the Battletoads, the, the new Battletoads game and stuff. Um... But uh, Robert, what uh, Robert, what do you see um, being launch titles for the next Xbox? It's hard telling, just because mm. I don't see there being an actual launch for the you know for whatever comes next. Because like we've talked several times before, um, the way they've set their console up is that even if there is a next generation, it's not necessarily a next generation because everything is going to be backwards compatible. Everything is going to be. You know, this, that, and the other. So mm-hmm. whatever comes next is just going to be a hardware upgrade more than anything else. Um, so I don't really see it as a console generation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David, what do you think? Well, I mean, that. yeah, I kind of agree with Robert on that. One of the reasons that I ended up getting rid of, of my Xbox is 
because almost everything that comes out on Xbox as an Xbox exclusive comes out on PC as well. So, um, the, you know, with the, the, the hardware side of things, even though it is a next supposedly next gen, it's, you know, if it's Xbox two or whatever, all it really is going to be is a, is a hardware upgrade. And I don't really see what is, there aren't that many exclusive titles that make me want to go out and buy an Xbox specifically. So there's not, I, that that's the other reason is is you know i was kind of there there is enough exclusive titles on the playstation that makes me want to keep a playstation um even though i don't play it anywhere near as much as i do probably the pc generally right. but there's not really enough exclusive titles on the xbox for me to kind of think oh yeah i must go out and get this so I, I and that's sort of a problem for xbox i think um cool i agree with both of you and bradley so uh yeah <laughs> um because yeah it's either the situation of they do release a new xbox and i do think that um halo infinite would be a good like advertising launch title again depending on what exactly the, how exactly they decide to phrase that uh but i agree with both of you that um if they don't decide to do that uh and just have a new kind of hardware refresh it like blurs that line a lot more but um we'll just have to see we'll just have to see how xbox phrases their next xbox in in terms of what it is and in terms of like a new generation or a hardware refresh and, and what it is uh michelle says when are we guessing that sony will next speak about upcoming games with them not being an e3 this year will we simply be waiting till around october ish for psx 2019 if it even happens so even if they even do have a psx this year because they might not is it possible that sony holds no information briefing of any kind uh for 2019 and simply does blog post announcements for uh games that are supposed to come out this year so for concrete genie medieval uh the remake and dreams because we we already do have a release date for uh days gone which is april so they don't need to give any more information about that um, so is it just all blog posts for PlayStation for 2019 or are they going to have a presentation of any kind, whether it be a direct or a stage presentation kind of thing? What do you guys maybe think about that? Uh, I'll, I'll go to, uh, David first. What do you kind of um, think okay. Sony uh, might do? Um, I, I think, I, 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 I think it's unlikely it's just going to be blog posts i i mean although yeah. they may be not there at e3 i i think e3 has become quite crowded at this point and i think that's probably why you're you're seeing them step away from it i suspect they will be a launch thing themselves at some point whether that is pcx or something else whether it's you know purely a press event and and they just do a big kind of thing which they invite a bunch of people and then stream it possibly um Maybe, i mean I, yeah. I think there will be some sort of launch thing it could be um it could be that they do something you know, middle of the year, and then maybe something coming up towards Christmas because they're going to want to push titles around you know October for the Christmas market, so there will be reveals there, but I suspect that there will be something some form of reveal like June ish middle of the year i would have thought uh yeah. 
what, but that might not be their main big reveal. They might leave that until towards the end of the year because uh, I mean, most of the money in gaming seems to be made sort of October to, to January, basically. So, so it makes more sense to push it further up, you know, to, towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So you think they might do like a PSX type thing in around October? yeah maybe maybe do a psx thing maybe they will do something which is is just a a, playstation briefing thing yeah playstation briefing press conference thing and then and maybe stream it to a bunch of people i you know i i don't know but i i i suspect that there will be two announcements i suspect there will be some sort of announcement in the middle of the year um whilst you know near e3 but not with e3 and i suspect they'll do something around then and then they will do something later on in the year as well cool uh robert what do you think sony's plan might be for 2019 uh yeah i mean there's no real reason for them to do e3 anymore i mean they don't have hardware coming out there's no real big big game coming out that's you know close enough that they've announced at least yet right to do that outside of the big three you, you mean yeah, outside of like the, the obvious ones. Yeah, and like I've mentioned before, um, they need people to get a chance to get the taste of the last E three out of their mouth. <laughs> that was just a giant nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how people felt that didn't watch that live and like fast forwarded through certain bits, or just watched like, hey, here's the individual videos for Last of Us gameplay, Death Stranding stuff, and and that kind of thing. I wonder what like those people think of Sony at the moment. So, I don't know. Plus, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that a, a lot of these show things are mm-hmm. an absolute nightmare for the game developer companies um, because they are having to down tools. If you're particularly if it's a game that's close to completion, you're essentially having to down tools to get something in a playable state that you can then take and stick in front yeah. of people at something like E3. So that that takes potentially like three or four weeks out of your development time because you've got to hit that deadline because it's a solid, unmovable thing. Um, and that can really eat into the, some of the development because you're maybe fudging stuff to, to get it to a point where you can use it on a stand um, rather than doing it properly. So, uh, it, it, I, I know a lot of developers and, uh, hate, they hate doing stuff like this, mm-hmm. uh, because it is a complete pain for them. So, uh, you know, I can understand that why people might be Sony and, and other people might be stepping away from E3 because it's become this sort of huge, big thing now. And, uh, it's, it's possibly getting a little bit unwieldy for people. Yeah. Um, I, I still go with the the opinion that Sony will... It, it's interesting because we had the three big games last year, which was Detroit, God of War, and, and Spider-Man, God of War, more so because it won actual Game of the Year and stuff. Uh, and all those release dates were announced by blog posts and stuff. Um, but I think that Sony might do the blog post method with the you know games like Concrete Genie, some of the smaller games, Medieval and Dreams and stuff. Uh, I mean, they announced... Um, I'm not sure if it was Sony or if it was Media Molecule, but they said that the... Uh, Dreams Alpha, I think no early access thing uh, is like coming out soon, and they said that by like a, a blog post type of thing. Um, so if they if they do that for like some of their games, but then um, 
like David kind of said, if if maybe later in the year, so like September, October ish, they come out and they just give an update necessarily uh, in, in some way. Um, th- that doesn't necessarily mean they'll come out in October and be like, hey, here's PS5 and here's the the here's all the launch titles and what it will do and that kind of stuff. I, they'll have that presentation at some point because they will have a PS5 uh you know launch sort of presentation and say here's what system does here's the the launch games price release date all that kind of stuff um i don't know if that'll necessarily be at the end of this year but i do think they'll have some kind of at least small presentation by the end of the year uh it just won't be at e3 so um and i don't think it will be like e3 size i think it will just be some sort of little playstation briefing and i think everything else will be announced by just like videos and blog posts and stuff like that so because they seem to be using that playstation blog a lot more as of late so it seems to be one of their kind of strategies uh and that's what we've got for you for episode 150 of random gaming talk um of course episode 200 won't be till next year because that's 50 weeks away and we only have 52 weeks in a year so that will probably be next year at some point uh obviously we'll plan closer to the time as to what to do because we have uh things in the more immediate future um thank you both for joining me today for this episode uh it is a shame we couldn't get chase on for the episode but like i said hopefully he'll be able to join us in a future episode and i'll be able to join him for his show in a future episode uh so thank you both for joining me today um what was yeah at any time you're very welcome (laughs) cool um so yes if you guys would like to keep up with what david is doing because he doesn't just doesn't just do uh entertainment talk of course uh geektown.co.uk or geektown radio on itunes and podcast services and on geektown.co.uk air news updates and uh casting information and and uh, film news all that kind of stuff and uh those sort that sort of news as well so you can check him out over there uh, if you want to check out the rest of our stuff and support us, um, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all of the content and podcast services for all of our different podcast feeds. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash entertainmenttalk, that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link if you're shopping on Amazon uh, and that sort of thing, you can support us along the way if you use our affiliate link. We will get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. Uh, iTunes feeds, if you do want to rate, review, and subscribe to those as well, that would be very helpful. It's helpful to to subscribe, because then you'll be sent in the episodes. Uh, But please also rate and review us as well, that will help us to get shown in the charts. Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, and they can listen to that stuff and they can tell their friends and family and more people can uh, discover the content as well. Uh, we've had quite a good February, not as, as good uh, as a January that we had. Um, I'll probably be doing an episode of the chat podcast either at the end of the month or some point at the beginning of March uh, as an update for things that are going on. Um, what else is there? Uh, yes, video games, which we've been talking about for the last hour and a half. If you'd like to watch either of the three of us, um, Chase also does have a Twitch channel as well. I think it's Danny K on Twitch. Hey, forgot to mention it during the episode or towards the end of the episode, but, uh, if you want a little teaser for something, uh, check our Twitter and our Facebook, uh, Twitter at eTalkUK and Facebook, just search for Entertainment Talk. And it should come up. Uh, links are also in the, your show notes for both of those. But just check Twitter if you want a bit of a teaser for something. That's all. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You can watch me, Robert, or David play different video games. Uh, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels and Robert's got one on Mixer. Uh, that's it. That's what we've got for you. Thank you all very much for listening to this episode. And we shall see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.